Welcome to Transform, a podcast highlighting the people and ideas shaping the future of senior living. I'm Tim Regan with Senior Housing News. In this episode, we'll hear from Ryan Novacek, who in September took over as CEO of Minnetonka, Minnesota-based New Perspective Senior Living. Novacek talked with us about the company's humble beginnings in the basement of his family's home and how New Perspective hopes to serve 10,000 older adults by 2025. Before we hear that interview, I'd like to talk about two upcoming senior housing news events, Dished and Build. Our culinary event, Dished, is on March 12th in Chicago. This annual event hosts 200 plus attendees in food service, culinary operations, and management in senior living across the continuum. The full day event will have speakers from across the country, food, hospitality, and a full serving of fun. Then on May 6th, SHN presents Build, a full day event featuring thought leaders and C-suite executives discussing the future of development in senior living. Network with owners, operators, developers, investors, architects, designers, and more at this event dedicated to the trends shaping the future of senior housing development. For more information on these events, visit seniorhousingnews.com slash events. And now, my interview with Ryan Novacek, CEO of New Perspective Senior Living. New Perspective has set a goal of serving 10,000 older adults by 2025. So I'm curious, why did you set that particular goal? And how close are you all to achieving it? Sure. Well, we wanted to set uh, what we call a BHAG, a big, hairy, audacious goal. Lots of reasons uh, for that. Several of them were to motivate our existing team, attract and retain uh, new talent, and of course, ultimately to help more seniors to live life on purpose. And we've kind of got an adage around the organization, if a company's not busy growing, it's busy dying. I subscribe to the former, and, and growth certainly is is more fun. We're currently at 2,500 units, or so a quarter of the, the way there, but we spent the last two years really gearing the organization up for accelerated growth and really enhancing uh, our platform and putting it in a position where it can scale in a uh, replicatable way. So our prototype building, our systems, our processes, how we integrate acquisitions, building out our people infrastructure, all of these things are really set to to scale. And we found it's a little bit easier if you try to assemble the airplane while it's on the ground versus trying to stitch things together at 30,000 feet. So I think the build out of that platform in advance of the accelerated growth is going to uh, to serve us well. And it's just been amazing to watch uh everything come together and, and, and look at the capabilities we've got. Uh, even just several years ago, you know, buying one or two communities or opening one or two communities, you know, seemed like a, a, a daunting task. And, and now onboarding, you know, 10 new builds or 10 communities in an acquisition is all within our capabilities. And uh, it's, it's just it's fantastic watching all that come together. I know that you all have come a long way new perspective I know started in the basement of your family's home almost two decades ago. So if you could talk about the early days of the company, what was that like? And did you ever expect to get to where you are now? Well, 
uh, it was a basement. So we had that going for us. My dad had a partially finished, you know, office down there and we were just bootstrapping it in every sense of the word. You know, he and my mom were going full tilt at this. I had a full-time job working uh, for an investment bank and was helping out, you know, when I could. And then, you know, later joined the organization, you know, full-time back in, in 2008. But, you know, Todd was the CEO. He was the secretary. He was the financier. He was the maintenance guy. I mean, you wear a lot of hats. You're sending your own FedEx packages. We, we still kind of do that today a little bit. But it was truly a uh, a startup that literally started in, in the basement. And it was the inspiration of caring for my grandma Betty that got Todd and, and Sherry, my parents, thinking that this would be a, a great business endeavor for the, the family and, and really hope to improve the lives of a lot of other seniors there doing a lot of the things that we did for uh, Grandma Betty to help her live life on purpose every day. And the organization was really founded, you know, with that purpose-driven mindset, you know, from, you know, day one. You know, what was best for Betty evolved into our mission around putting a residence first and, and really helped us establish our foundational belief that all seniors deserve to live life on purpose. So, Ryan, you just took over as the CEO of New Perspective. What are you focused on now? And during your tenure, where do you hope to take the company? Growth. Growing our people and our culture is first and foremost. Continuing to grow our operational capabilities, growing our development platform, growing our health and wellness and activity programs to enhance the resident experience, uh, growing our technology infrastructure, uh, we've got to get those things right. And if we do get those things right, especially on the people and culture front, that's what's going to drive uh, unit expansion and community expansion in the portfolio. Those are the things that are going to drive occupancy, and those are the things that are going to drive NOI. Our commitment to servant leadership and collaboration is, is front and center in everything that we do as an organization. And one of our main initiatives this year was to really drill down and infuse that servant leadership culture in all levels of the organization. So as an example, by the end of November, all 200 managers at New Perspective will have completed an advanced two-day servant leadership training seminar. Our district and local teams have been infusing the communities with these servant leadership principles since January. And this two-day training and the homework assignments that kind of come out of it, come out of it are really going to further accelerate uh, those efforts. That is laying the foundation and the groundwork that's going to allow us to get the right people on the bus. And that's going to facilitate our path of getting to 10,000 seniors living life on purpose by 2025. So I'm curious, what is your leadership style and how does it differ from your dad, Todd, who was the previous CEO of New Perspective? So we've got an upside down org chart at New Perspective. We kind of call ourselves as the CEO, I guess, and now the the chief gopher. That was Todd's joke about uh, about his role and we kind of go get coffee for everybody everybody else. But in all seriousness, the C-suite, the executives, the senior leadership team, we are at the bottom of the food chain. Our jobs are to get uh, the resource center staff and the district teams the resources they need uh, to be successful. And in turn, their jobs are to get the local communities and residents the resources they need to be uh, successful. So the, the mindset really doesn't change there. Todd and I work hand in glove in developing you know, that cultural mindset around those servant leadership 
ideas early, early on in the company's history. 20 plus years ago, it's hard to believe we're celebrating our 20th year anniversary this year, but we are. It's just been an amazing, amazing run. And of course, you know, Todd and I are going to do the work a little bit differently, but I'm going to remain steadfast in our commitment to, to growing our people, our commitment to servant leadership, our commitment to, to collaboration. Those are all things that, that Todd believe in. I'm deeply passionate about them. And Chris Hyatt, our president, is deeply passionate about them. And, you know, we like to tell folks in the interview process, you know, you got to believe what, what we believe. And if you do, and you believe that seniors deserve to live life on purpose and you want to help in that endeavor, there's going to be a seat for you on the bus. And if you don't, that's fine, too. Uh, that's our culture. And we'd be happy to, you know, help you find a, a different career path. So I don't think a ton changes there. A little bit of the tactical stuff, maybe how you end up meeting, how the work products turned out is, is a little bit different. But if anything, we're, we're doubling down on the, on the culture that uh, Todd's infused in the company over the last uh, 20 years. It's no secret this is a challenging industry. So are you all feeling any pain anywhere? And if so, what are you doing about it? Well, it's going to be winter soon, so we're all going to be cold. That's going to hurt a little bit. But look, we in the industry are facing significant, you know, supply headwinds and and labor pressures. These are probably the biggest headwinds the industry has ever faced. You know, that said, we all get paid to solve problems. So our senior leadership team has been doing just a fantastic job on navigating these waters that we're in. We need to be in the trenches, standing shoulder to shoulder with our local teams and help them problem solve through some of these issues, whether it's a supply issue or a labor issue or both. Those are things that we can figure out. We've got a lot of smart people on the team that are passionate about what they do, and they want to deliver a great uh, experience for our residents and, and the families that we serve every day. So to that end, we just need to figure it out. But it's, it's been tough out there. We've been embarking on a number of cost reduction initiatives. We're trying to find every dollar we can to plow back into wages. And, you know, so far it's working. We grew NOI 3.8% in 2018. Uh, We're on track to grow just over 4% this year. And based on what we're seeing and hearing, we feel really good about where we're at performance-wise versus the industry. But uh, we need to stay very, very proactive, uh, continuing to focus on these things, continuing to try to grow occupancy, try to grow rate, try to drive out non-valued costs, and uh, try to do everything we can to plow dollars back into wages while continuing to grow uh, the company's bottom line. Because at the end of the day, that is what is going to fuel 10,000 seniors living life on purpose. So every dollar we can kind of put in the piggy bank today is a dollar we can invest in a new community uh, tomorrow. So yeah, there's there's definitely some pain out there. And uh, our, our attitude has been, let's just go figure it out. And uh, eventually these headwinds will abate and then we'll be even in a stronger position at that point in time. Along that same line of thinking, how is New Perspective thinking about a possible economic recession? I'm curious if you all are preparing for one. And if you are, what are you doing to prepare and how do you think it could affect your business? Look, I think we're in the longest expansion post-World War II. So at some point, things need to slow down a bit, you know, even off of the recent fast pace of, of growth we've seen. But, you know, if we have two quarters of negative GDP growth, to put it in perspective, we're still going to be as an economy way above where we were, you know, two, three, four years ago. 
uh, dramatically above where we were a decade ago during the 2008 Great Recession, and everybody's going to be doing fine. You know, our product is a needs-driven product. Uh, for the most part, it weathered the last recession well. I suspect it will weather the next recession well. We can't control those things. And, you know, look at, at the margin. There's no law that says you absolutely have to have a recession. I mean, maybe the slowdown in growth we've seen this year is the recession, and we're set to accelerate next year. Uh, Brexit fears seem to have calmed a bit. Uh, things appear to be, you know, sorting out a little bit on the on the trade front. China's still an open question. U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement's ready to be signed. Hopefully that'll get done. That would help. The Fed is being more accommodative. The employment picture is the best it's been in over 50 years. Wages are rising. Um, there's a lot of really, really good things going on out there. And if we slow down a little bit for a couple quarters, that's fine. You know, at the margin, that may help us a little bit on the on the labor front. The needs of, of our prospective residents out there aren't going to change. And, uh, you know, similar to the current environment, we'll we'll figure it out. Is there a piece of conventional wisdom in the senior living industry that bothers you or one that you disagree with? And if so, what bothers you and why do you disagree with it? I don't know if this would be considered conventional wisdom, but I always get a kick out of working with our our financial partners. And um, there's so much fixation on occupancy. And certainly it is one of the biggest drivers to grow the business. But it's not the only driver. There, there's lots of other other levers, and we have communities that are running, you know, 95% occupancy and 36% margins, and communities that are running 86% occupancy and 44% margins, and way higher return on invested capital. So we kind of take a holistic view of the business. There's occupancy, there's mix, there's private pay, there's Medicaid, there's expense controls. And just because occupancy is higher or lower doesn't necessarily tell the whole story. You could price your product and be 100% occupied. You might not make any money, but you'd be 100%. So there's some things that, you know, I think folks need to spend a little bit more time kind of digging into the details and truly understanding the drivers of, of the business. So I guess that would be uh, that would be one of them that at the margin bugs me a little bit. But, you know, again, at the end of the day, we just got to go do our thing and and, you know, things will, will take care of themselves on, on the financing front. We also sometimes hear that, that senior living communities these days have become too dull or cookie cutter in their designs. So I'm curious if you feel that way and what you think about that. Well, I'm kind of I'm chuckling here. Look, taking care of an aging population with rising acute conditions is neither dull uh, nor cookie cutter. The business has made a pretty sizable shift over the last five years towards uh, more healthcare services, of course, within the context of our license and what we're allowed to do. Activities, food, apartments, amenities, all those things are still really important, but our residents have a need, and it's our job to get creative and help solve that need as best we can. So to that end, every day is new, every day is different. Every day is very exciting. Just when we think we're not going to see anything more unique happen, something more unique happens. And I think that's pretty exciting. We're, we're again, helping to put folks in a position where they got a shot at living life on purpose. And that's uh, that's pretty meaningful work. 
you know, the industry is tended to want to find that next shiny new object. Is it a, is it a building type? Is it a, a niche program? And in our mind, um, really getting good at the basics in this rising acuity environment is really becoming the new competitive differentiator and it's been paying dividends for the organization. We've also heard a lot about the rise of product types like Active Adult and the great need in, in this industry for a scalable middle market senior living product. So how is New Perspective thinking about Active Adult and the middle market? And just generally, what are your thoughts on those trends? Look, we think it's interesting. We're kind of in what I'd call the research phase, potentially might be getting ready to experiment with a pilot in 2020. You know, I think you've got all of the multifamily players running into this space as quickly as possible. And to that end, it, it kind of is a multifamily type of play, just for the different demographic group. And there's a broad spectrum there. So you mentioned, you know, the affordable product, and that's going to be very different than, you know, a Dell Web where you might have you know, yoga at seven o'clock in the morning and, and how to make sushi class at, at five o'clock. That's one end of the spectrum. And you might have another end of the spectrum where there's some amenities, some common spaces, maybe some activities, maybe not. And you kind of get an apartment and you're in an area where it's, you know, 55 plus, which will really be, you know, 75, 80 plus before you know it. And uh, there's lots of different places to play there. So we're interested in it. Uh, we're researching it. We're considering a pilot. I think there's some unique aspects to it that are interesting, you know, for our company and the industry as we grow. One, given how tight the labor market is, this product type requires a lot less labor. So it's a little bit of a, a hedge or diversification tool versus our core seniors housing product. It does expand the market you can serve a little bit just due to the entry points that folks would be you know, getting in where it might be in the, you know, 1500 to $2,500 range, maybe up to 3000 versus the higher price points for congregate assisted memory care type services. And then folks will need to figure out through home health and other resources, how they meet uh, the care needs uh, for themselves or, uh, or a loved one. So um, it's definitely interesting. A lot of people are talking about it. A lot of people are chasing it. And you may hear something from us on that front uh, next year. I want to switch gears here and ask you a few personal questions. To start with, is there anything, Ryan, that we might not know about you? Do you have any hobbies or interests that people aren't aware of? Do you have any hidden talents or anything like that? I definitely can't sing. <laughs> So that's the opposite of a talent. A, a few folks found that out at a, a Nick conference years back when we did a, a karaoke to raise money for the uh, the Alzheimer's Association. So that's, that's not a talent. I love to ski and golf. You know, I think most folks uh, know that. I'm very passionate about both of those uh, activities. But something that is new that probably not a lot of folks know is we get some breaking news here in the Novacek household. We just had a, a baby boy. So Alan Matthew Novacek just turned uh, one month old yesterday. And so if I look a bit sleepy at an up upcoming conference, uh, now you know why. That's really exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. We're just, uh, we're ecstatic. <clears throat> if tomorrow you were to sit down with two or three of your peers, other CEOs in the industry that you respect, 
what would you want to talk with them about? And what are one or two questions you'd pose to them about how they're running their business or thinking about the senior living industry? Culture and leadership come to mind. You know, how do you inspire your team over the long term? How do you grow your team over the long term? Chris Hyatt and I, my partner, talk about that, you know, daily. So there's no bad ideas out there. We soak up as much information as we can and then try to distill those down into, into nuggets we can, we can use with, with our team. Those would be a few of the questions. You know, another big one, you know, our industry, while it's been around for a while, is still uh, pretty young in terms of its level of sophistication across systems. A simple example would be, you know, pricing algorithms. You know, you look at where hotels are at versus where seniors are at, and we're way, way, way behind. Questions like, how do we get more efficient, you know, as a business? I'd love to brainstorm with other CEOs and ideas in terms of how can we train our team better? How can we get them better resources and tools? And how can we truly improve the performance of every single position in the organization? We've just got to get more efficient as a business. We've got to get more efficient as an industry. And we also need to simultaneously improve results for our residents as we go down that, uh, that path. So those are a few topics that, that I'm passionate and excited about that I'd love to, you know, talk with some of my peers, uh, on in terms of a discussion and idea generation session. Final question. And this is a tough one. <laughs> if you weren't in senior living, what do you think you'd be doing? I'm going to have to go a ski instructor. <laughs> well, there we have it. Now we know what you'd be doing if you ever decided to leave New Perspective. Love the mountains. That would be an absolute, absolute joy. So, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. It was a pleasure talking with you. Great, Tim. Well, great spending some time with you today. Thank you. And that does it for this episode of Transform. Don't forget to follow our two upcoming events, Dished and Build online at seniorhousingnews.com events. I'm Tim Regan. Thanks for listening. <laughs>